G'day everyone, I thought I might just get the camera rolling as I record my weekly homily podcast. That way we have both an audio and a visual element. So hope you enjoy. Let's begin. Welcome to The Average Shepherd. My name is Father Sam French and today is Sunday in the 28th week of Ordinary Time. And the homily today is called Dress Code for the Soul. And the gospel that I'm referencing is Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Let's begin. In my almost two years of priesthood, one of the most difficult ongoing challenges is trying to discern the difference between what I want to say and what I need to say in my Sunday homily. See, the parables of Jesus, especially those involving judgment, can be very difficult for us to swallow. And as a human being myself who just desires to be liked by my congregation, it is my constant temptation to water things down, to avoid the difficult subjects, to emphasize a message in such a way that it comes off as palatable and nice. But as we all know, sometimes niceness comes at the cost of truth, and only the truth of the gospel can set us free and lead us to our destiny of eternal life. So with that fact in mind, let us look honestly at today's parable. So the parable of the king's wedding feast is about our response to God's calling. He's calling to live lives of holiness in communion with him. See, the image of the wedding feast, it works for us on two levels. On the one hand, it's about the mass here and now on earth, the wedding feast of the Lamb, where we come joyfully to worship God, to consume him in the holy sacrament of the Eucharist, and to be strengthened by his grace. But on another level, the wedding feast also represents our desired future in heaven our ultimate destiny, the fulfillment of all desire, the joy of being united to God and all the saints forever. So the Mass now and our future in heaven are the King's wedding feast to which all of us have been united. But the question is, how do we respond? See, Jesus gives a few warnings about the attitude in which we respond to his invitation. And the first one he warns us against is indifference. Come to the wedding, said the servants. But we are told they were not interested. One went off to his farm, another went about his business. God the Father, the creator of the universe, has invited each and every one of us into intimate relationship with his son Jesus. Now we can choose to respond to that call, or as a very real possibility because of the freedom that God has given each one of us, we can quietly decline the invitation and focus instead on our own personal lives, pretending as if No obligation exists, but it does exist. Now, I don't quite know what's happened in recent decades, but a dangerous indifference has arisen in Catholic culture where there's so many who somehow think that Sunday Mass should be considered as an optional extra. But the fact remains, at least in Australia, along with Christmas and the Feast of the Assumption, that every single Sunday is a holy day of obligation. We have to come to Mass of course, with the exception of illness or some other serious reason. Now, some have come up to me and they've said, Father, I don't think God really minds if I miss Mass here and there, to which I say, yes, he does mind, and in fact, it is quite serious, which is why he gave us the third commandment, keep holy the Lord's day. See, we have to remember that coming to Mass, it's not for God's sake. It's certainly not for mine or the priest's sake. It's for our sake. See, the Second Vatican Council, it called the Eucharist the source and the summit of the Christian life. 
And if we separate, separate ourselves from Eucharistic worship, the daily bread of Jesus Christ, then we can very quickly suffer from spiritual starvation. Now, Jesus he warns us against this kind of indifference, but he also warns us against a kind of hostility, symbolized by those in the gospel who seized the king's servants, maltreated them, and killed them. Now, we can't deny that we live in one of the most peaceful and prosperous nations on earth, and we have to thank God for that incredible gift. Unfortunately, a culture of prosperity is often accompanied by attitudes of materialism and individualism. We all know this. We know that we can quite easily become the kings and the queens of our own world. We can settle quite easily into ways of living and acting and working and speaking, and we really don't like it when we're challenged to change in any way, whether it be big or small. That's why there are so many who are confronted by and even driven to a hatred of the gospel of Jesus, who tells us all that we are sinners in need, in desperate need of his grace, his love, and his salvation. So for some out there, the call to repentance seems like a direct threat to fulfilling their material and their individual desires. I know this as a fact uh, because I post a lot of videos on social media, on, on Instagram and on TikTok, and I see this kind of hostility in the comments section, I think, almost every day. Even in the lighthearted and the funny videos, there are those who, just upon seeing the collar, they don't simply uh, click away from the video, but they actually take the time to write the most vitriolic attacks against God and the church. They're clearly reacting to something arising within their own conscience rather than in the video. And I think Jesus today is warning us against this kind of brazen hostility to the gospel. Finally, Jesus offers a warning which always gives me pause in my own life and in my own prayer, and that is the warning against incomplete conversion, not going the full distance with our faith. What do I mean? Well, in the parable, the king goes out and he brings in everyone, the good and bad alike, it says. Now that's us. We are the community of the baptized, the good and the bad alike. But the invitation into the life of grace through baptism is not enough on its own. Even Al Capone was baptized, and he was doing the terrible things he was doing as a baptized Christian. See, on the day of judgment, this is what Jesus is telling us, on the day of judgment, not only must we be baptized, but we must be wearing the wedding garment of righteousness, leading holy lives through almsgiving, prayer, fasting, and of course, works of mercy. I think St. Gregory the Great put it the best when he said, He who enters the wedding feast without the wedding garment is like one who belongs to the church, having faith but no love. So the analogy here is that neglecting these vital parts of the Christian life is like rolling up to a wedding in a singlet and thongs, or for my American friends, flip-flops. So the king then said to the attendants, this is what Jesus finishes with, and this is, the, this is kind of the, the part I, I try to avoid sometimes. The king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him out into the dark where there'll be weeping and grinding of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. This is the part of the gospel I sometimes feel tempted to avoid. Jesus is warning us of the very real possibility of hell described in the gospel today as the weeping and the grinding of teeth. The Catechism of the Catholic Church in section 1035 says, the teaching of the church affirms the existence of hell and its eternity 
And it goes on to describe hell by saying, its chief punishment is eternal separation from God, in whom alone man can possess the life and happiness for which he was created and for which he longs. Now, if we choose freely to live lives of indifference, of hostility, or incomplete conversion towards God, then God will not override our free choice on the day of judgment. He will allow our freely chosen separation from him to continue into eternity. So I think the message today is very clear. We must love the Lord with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. See, God has invited us into the most extraordinary banquet. We have the opportunity to be united with him in the Eucharist now and forever in heaven. So in order to prepare ourselves for Mass, we can renew that wedding garment. We can clean that wedding garment in the sacrament of confession. And I really encourage you participate in that sacrament. And to prepare for the banquet in heaven, our wedding garment is to pursue lives of holiness by dedicating ourselves to almsgiving, prayer, fasting, and works of mercy. So let's finish today by praying for that grace. Merciful God, we acknowledge our struggles, the temptation to be led astray by the fading joys of this world, and the challenge to steadfastly walk the path you have shown us through word and sacrament. Strengthen us, Lord, with the grace to embrace your call with vigor, to attend your feast with hearts burning with love and lives shining with the truth of your gospel. We ask this in the holy name of Jesus, through the intercession of our blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to The Average Shepherd. If you want to help me spread the word and this podcast, you can do so by sharing it with anyone you think might benefit. Thank you so much, and God bless.